Welcome, everyone, to another episode of SaaS Marketing Makeover. I am super excited to be with you, but even more excited, I might have to say, to be joined by Kate Adams, uh, the VP of Marketing at Drift. Welcome to the show, Kate. Garrett, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, well, I'm excited. So like we were saying a little bit off stage, I don't know who's the audit is today. I don't even know the options, but we have two revenue marketers, myself and you. And so I'm hoping whoever it lands on, we can take a positive angle, but also I think an honest angle of what we would do different if we were CMO, right? If we showed up, we were CMO and we got to do three big things. What would be the three big things we would change or amplify that we're currently doing and provide some honest feedback? Sound fun? I love it. Let's do it. I don't know how to be uh, anything but honest. Probably <laughs> the most consistent feedback I get, which is very honest. So let's bring it. This will be fun. All right. Let's do it. Ryan, bring up the wheel, baby. Oh, I love all these companies. Okay, this is sick. Wow. Hopendo. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pendo. All right, let's go. Are you familiar with Pendo, Kate? Uh, yes. Like very, very high level. Uh, high level wise. I know the CMO over there. Uh, okay. He's a great guy. Um, but let's do it. All right. So we're going to take a look at Pendo.com. And as that's slowing, albeit not fast. Oh, that's why. Oh, they don't own pendo.com. All right, my bad. Let's try. I of course it's. <laughs> of course it is. All right. So we've got pendo.io. And for those who don't know, in this space, because I actually just looked at a product analytics suite, you kind of have three main players. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Kate. We got Pendo, Mixpanel, and Heap. Is that a fair yeah. assessment? Yeah, for sure. That's definitely okay. it. So Pendo, from what I can understand, is a little better out of the box, but more expensive. Same with Heap. And then Mixpanel is more customizable and has usage-based pricing and accessible, but you need a dev team to set it up. Is that fair? Yeah, I would say that's really fair. I've actually used Heap and the Pendo is the only one of the three that I haven't used. Uh, I've used Mixpanel and I've used Heap. It's been a while. Uh, I used to run product back in the day too, um, but yeah, that I'd say that's pretty true. Okay. Well, based on that little high level, you know, I'm not going to go to their G2 because I think we have a good idea. So let's look at their messaging, right? Your product will change the future, but it must adapt to the present. Pendo helps product teams deliver value users want, even as their needs evolve. Okay. And then request a demo, tour the product. So at initial high level, what's your take on tour product over um, as like a top of funnel call to action and re request a demo at bottom of funnel. What's your kind of thought on that? I love it. Especially okay. if I haven't been through that experience, um, Garrett, but if that is a preloaded like demo environment, um, I'm, I'm really bullish on those. I think that that's, yes. that's actually the future. Uh, everybody's in this trial motion. Trials are great, but really hard to get started on, especially if you're like somebody like a pendo where you've got to like wire in your own data in the back end. Um, and, and it's really hard for folks like me who have like a true need uh, to understand how, what the product will look like and what, how it functions to understand like what it does when you just dump, dump me into a, you know, really boring, uh, empty experience. And so like, yeah, I love yep. this, that this is like, this is, I, I can already tell out of the box here, right? Like this is like a demo environment. I can actually see the real data on the inside and it's going to start to customize it for me. Like bravo to that. I love it. 
I love it too. Now, I love what you said too, because so many of our customers and people we talk with have this idea that the VP of marketing doesn't want to like sell herself. You get what I'm saying? Like she wants, she wants a demo and we're going to tell her exactly why we're the best instead of saying, Hey, what if we got to our products? What I call like magic moment. It's the moment where you've sold yourself that moment where you're exponentially more likely to go from trial to customer, that moment of activation. Um, What about gating it? Do we need to gate it? Like, what's your feedback on this moment? Do you think it's worth it to gate it? Not like, what's your take on that part? I gate it. I think it's, I think the ask, I always think about, actually, probably the folks at Drift will kill me for saying that, but like, because we don't gate things, right? But like, I would, I think it's okay to ask for email in this instance, in terms of like, look, we want to capture your email. I think Pendo could do something really interesting though. When they capture your email, it's like, hey, we're going to send you a sample report of this environment of a dashboard. So give us your email for that, as opposed to like, hey, just give me your email so that I'll give you access to this thing, right? I love give that. It- so what you're saying is a little bit of like, give me a little more value add, right? So if we go back to that slide, it was just like enter email, but there wasn't like enter your email and then you'll get these three things like customized report delivered to your inbox, immediate access, access to sandbox environment, and someone from our sales team will reach out in 24 hours. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, something like that says what's next. Cause I was hoping you would lend me here, but I wasn't actually sure it would until I put my email in. Right. Yeah. I, I think that you can just put value in that ask, right. It's always like uh, our CEO and, and founder, David Cancel, uh, has instilled in the marketing team at Drift, this idea of give, 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 and eventually the get will come to you. Right. And so like, Give, give, give some more. And then, by the way, when you at, when you make an ask, make it clear you're asking so that you can give them something else. And t- I love the magic moments at, at Smart Bear Software where I, I spent a couple of years. We'd call those wow moments because cool. yep. we, ho- we were heavily a trial motion, right? So it was always about did we get the user within that trial experience to their three wow moments? And it was really incredibly hard because if they had to run a test script in the environment but didn't have a test script handy, like they were never going to be able to get to that wow moment, right? Which is why these experiences, why I love these kind of like the demo environment. Non-integration, non-customer dependent experiences, right? Like I don't have to do anything and I'm still getting to imagine myself, right? I'm letting my imagination run on wild. I'm solving the problems I know I have, which you can't guess as a marketer no matter how smart you think you are, like this is awesome. I think the coolest thing too, that I, I, cause I do see a lot of SaaS companies moving this way. I haven't seen a lot do it so well in the sense of keeping the menu integrated. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of a cool yeah. thing in the sense that I can still try free, get a demo, explore and be in this environment with the self-guided onboarding. So Bravo to them. I'm going to hop out. I think that's cool, Garrett. The one thing I'd push back on a little bit maybe on that pen note was like, I would keep those two CTAs on or at least the demo CTA right there. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm zooming in because it's it's tough for me to see. I would keep that demo button in that environment. But in that tour, I question whether it's the right decision to keep product solutions and like the whole nav in that environment. Because Mm -hmm. once I get you in the tour, I want you to get to the magic moment. I want you to get to the wow moment. And like until you've done that, I don't want you anywhere else except except the one thing I know more than likely that Pendo wants you to do more than a product tour, which would be get a demo, right? Yep. 
Yep. And what I love is if you and I were on a team, we'd say, perfect, let's test it, right? Let's yeah. have the menu on half, let's have it on the other, and then let's see what drives more, whatever that KPI is, whether it's signups, demos given, right? Or whatever we find in our pipeline. So I love that. Now, I always can't help myself, but I go to pricing because I found that's where all of our visitors kind of go to. Um, let's see. Now, oh, my dear friends, we're doing self-onboarding without self-pricing. So what's your take on self-onboarding without self, like where I, but not giving pricing? I'm going to give the Pendo team a break here. Uh, I don't yeah. think they've done self-onboarding. They've done a self-guided tour, but they are actually using their product to give you that tour. Um, and I, look, I think um, having numbers on your pricing page uh, is is uh, not the way of the enterprise motion uh, for the future. I see more and more and more of these of companies going this way. And quite honestly, like pricing can get complex. Like how many users are you talking about? Like, you know, at Drift, we had pricing on our page often. It was always starting at, and it was always this point of like diminishing returns because we'd start at, right, whatever that number was, let's just for sake of the argument, call it 10,000. Like then that is the that is in the buyer's mind. The entire yeah. sales process is anchoring there. And when you show them and when that customer comes in and guess what? They're super complex. They have, they need three X the normal amount of seats. They need, um, X, Y, and Z feature and a custom integration. And so when you come to them and say, hey, you, so we, we ran the numbers on your pricing, it's gonna be 30K. They're like, you're 3X what I thought you were gonna be. Do you know? And it's just so much friction in the process there. No, I totally get what you're saying. Now, conversely, you know, clients like New Relic, for example, of ours, or these yeah. other large publicly traded like Sumo Logic before they did IPO yeah. or Zoom Info, all these clients that were helping I feel like they're all literally doing the seismic shift to land and expand developer led product led growth and they're putting yeah. pricing. So how do we do you, so you're saying essentially, and I actually don't disagree with your perspective in that sense, but like for us trying to do contact us. Oh, I don't love this. Um, do because oh, I don't, boring. yeah, that there's is. no value, no quality. Wow. No, no time to launch, you know, not. You got to remind me about why you're asking me for six fields of information. What am I going to get on the back end of this? Like yep. you, you, you're giving me six fields, all incredibly boring. Uh, and, and an opt-in checkbox. Uh, like, why am I doing that? Like, you better make it really clear about wh when you're going to get back to me, how I could get to you super immediately. Obviously, Garrett, I'm biased, but I love the drift bot right? yeah. uh, that the team oh, I mean, here is using here. But let's see too. How does it work? Because I think there's some good ways to do this and some bad ways. We'll rally you. What's a good business email? Cool. So they're kind of following normal there. So interesting. Now, you and I do a lot of demand gen. So let's take a look at the product page. And I, you know, coming from Smart Bear, I was talking to you offline. I've always been impressed that you've worked in such complicated product environments. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't say this is a complicated product environment. I'd say it's probably a simpler one, but yeah. anything that stands out to you so far at a high level? Um, let's sum up on that pricing page. I'm going to bring you back. Look, okay. I think you have an awesome point. Companies like New Relic, public companies, what they have done in terms of where they are from a growth perspective is that they've had to go 
like span the entire market, right? So they're going all the way to enterprise to self-service. And that makes a ton of sense for that go-to-market motion at the stage of the company they are in. Where it does not make sense is for a team like Pendo who's building and like, and I don't know, based on what I'm seeing here, hypothetically looking to go up market, what the clues that tell me that are like, they've got a demo request, they've got different pricing tiers, they're not showing me pricing here. I don't see yep. an e-commerce flow here. Like, so all of those things are cluing me in to think about like, I feel it, they're going up market. And for them, I don't think it makes sense to, to put pricing on. Now in a competitive scenario, maybe that's different, right? Um, maybe there's a little bit different stuff you do there. Well, and then it also depends too, right? Every industry is unique in the sense that like Sumo Logic and New Relic have to because they're both doing it almost, if that makes sense. Yeah. And they're using the usage-based pricing. If Mixpanel, who I'd still say is probably the market leader, see what I'm saying? They're throwing 25 bucks on here, so they're anchoring you. This to me, if I'm looking at both, makes me try Mixpanel first because I know for a fact I can afford them. That's, that's the caveat in my mind, right? If you were competing with Intercom and Intercom did price and self-onboarding and Drift in it, I don't know if Drift could afford not to even if they wanted to go enterprise. That's the, that's the cheeky part. Do you know what I'm saying or do you not yeah. agree? I get it, but I have, I've paid a mixed panel bill and I know it's nowhere close to $25 a month. Uh, I love my friends at mixed panel. I think it's a great product. It's awesome. And so that is where I think they are running into like that same problem I said before, which is like, they get they're they're going to get sticker shock uh, in the sales process because like, what, what are you talking about? It's just $25 a month. And you're telling me 25 K a month based on the API calls I have to make. Right. So and like been coming at 12 grand a year at starting and you're like, wait a second, this is yeah. something like right now we've got this crazy price in the sense that our brains are now confused. And, and I see what you're saying. Cause for growing companies like mine, I don't lead with pricing because I, first off, I don't know the client's scope. Um, I want to base it based off their goals and their budget so I can put the right talent on the account. And it's easier to control average order value if you're not anchored to price. A hundred percent. It's uh, it's just, I, I just wonder if I'm CMO, if the idea that going upstream and having enterprise, like, could I build them as separate things? In other words, could I have my mid-market pricing display to my enterprise gated? Or do you think that doesn't work for SaaS? Like, you know what I'm saying? No, I think you can do. I think people are doing, look, I think people are doing fascinating things around dynamic page builds based on where, you, where you're where you coming from. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that um, is a little bit challenging around that right now is that it, since we're, since the world is still largely at home, um, yep. that di the the data on that dynamic page build is is more and more difficult these days to get like perfectly accurate. Um, yeah. But I think you can do anything. Look, here's where here's where I'm at. Right, I'm yeah. Pendo CMO, and yeah. right now I've got one competitor saying twelve thousand a month, and I've got another one saying twenty five dollars a month. Like, what's the right number to put in here? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> wildly different. And so, like, I don't think he has to put a number here um, no. at all. But yeah. look, I think the big thing here is like, I don't believe in absolutes. So I do not believe you always need a number on your pricing page, no matter what business you are. And I don't believe in absolutes in terms of you should never put 
a number on your pricing page ever. It is highly dependent on your go-to-market motion and who you are marketing and selling to. 100%. You and I are both economics, right? Economists? Yeah, it depends, right? So (laughs) with that, I love solution content and use case. I mean, this is one of my favorite new things of content marketing in the sense that I think it bridges the gap between discovery, which I think is what content's been for too long now, and activation, which is more of what I think content needs to be. Because look, I'm an SEO guy in my heart of hearts, and there is not a correlation at scale between organic acquisition and organic activation, right? There are some serious diminishing marginal returns on net new traffic as a strategy. Doesn't mean it's not worth pursuing, but I think we miss this use case stuff. What's, what's your take on use case content and like activation content where customers, it's like almost, I call it like functional content where I can see myself like solving a problem with your product. Yeah. What's your take on that? My take on that is that this use case content is more than likely uh, get, look, you're the SEO expert, Garrett, like not me, but uh, like I, I know enough to be dangerous. I think the solution <laughs> content is getting them in the SERP at like, I think it's just two different um, stages of the funnel where you use this, right? This is getting them on the SERP for searches of like, how do I do user onboarding, right? Or in-app on user onboarding, right? It's it's probably getting them there. Whereas like the product um, areas are actually getting, they have to be here in uh, on the website because when somebody's serious, right, I get to that SERP and now I'm serious and I want to check, do they have this? And I'm going against and I'm comparing Pendo against Heap and a mix panel and saying like, do they have this feature? Do they have that feature? Like what, you know what I mean? Do they integrate with this? Has to be there, but serve two different purposes for sure. Well, what I love, so I call it the three tab test. So when someone's exploring and they got three tabs open, how do you stack up? I think the big thing I would look at here is if we're going to say user onboarding with our H1 and we already got SEO buy-in to throw, this is a little cheeky SEO trick that I've been doing for years, right? We throw this little thing in here, go a little off color font. So it's still visible, but we get our H1 without diluting our brand and our H2, right? This is a good old SEO play the hits, but we didn't get explicit with the point of this page. And in my point, here is that this is a bottom of funnel intent. Like Mm, I have a blog post or a cornerstone piece called how to improve user onboarding. And that's a guide and that's for top of funnel. And then if I'm going to do my solution content, I want to add the word software here. So I get explicit with intent within my Google like indexation and understanding of my site. So this is a bottom funnel piece. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. I love that Garrett. That's great. Yeah. So a little cheeky trick. Now I don't love this page, this is more a design thing. I find it very confusing on the different layouts and font types and just things. They've got a but lot visually going on in here for sure. They've got a lot. I know, the guide, look, see, they already have it kind of going on. That's awesome. Let's see the guide. Cause I think this stuff's really cool. Oh yes. Good. Scroll to read clean internal linking. I love that. Yeah. Nice yeah. TOC there. Oh yeah. This is good. Same call to actions throughout shareable. Customer success, brilliant. Okay, this looks exactly like stuff I do for myself. So I love all this. Any any feedback on like long form content like this? No, other than I can't get enough of it. Um, I think this is great. <laughs> I, I love it. I love oh. it. The shareability component there is pretty. It's it's awesome. I love it. I love it. And you know, I, it's funny. 
So you're telling me at Drift you can't get all the long-form content you want either? Because it still takes forever for me to get these long-form features live. Oh, look, if I told you that, Garrett, uh, my content team, Gail Axelrod, would have my head right now. No, their team gives me a ton of long-form content, a ton. Yeah. Like, like, I am in a very privileged spot to be a, a demand gen marketer who um, yeah. works with one of the best content teams in the in the world, arguably. Uh, no. They now they knock it out of the park. I just mean like I love it. I I think in no, there is a point where you can have too much of it. I was being a little sarcastic there, but yeah, it's great. How about this by industry? I've noticed this whole idea of industry discoverability or content's kind of died off. I haven't seen a ton of it like I used to. What, what's your take on that? Why why do you think that's the case? Because I just see a lot less industry content lately. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's funny. I, Cause I feel like I, I feel like everyone I look at has it. And I just, I was on, I actually, so we do these little like wine events with a bunch of different marketers every, uh, I do it twice a month, which is probably not good for my liver, but uh, really good for my marketing knowledge. And uh, one of the things that um, actually was one of the folks who was on one of those calls uh, just last week was telling me like, look, you need to think about micro industries, not macro industries, because like, for example, and I'm certainly not saying this about Pendo, but they're thing, one of his, he actually said, if you think about healthcare as one industry, you're a complete idiot, right? Like what, what are you talking about with healthcare? You're talking about healthcare, like acute care facilities, yeah. skilled yeah. nursing facilities, home care facility, like home care agencies, are you talking about pharmaceuticals? Like what do you actually mean by healthcare? And to think that you can create a page that satisfies all of those micro industries is pretty pretty wild. Uh, and I hadn't thought about it that way. I don't have industry pages uh, at Drift. I don't think we need them right now, but um, yeah. I don't know. I just think, I don't think they add a ton of value. Yeah, no, it, they become less prominent from, you know, I get to look at a lot of these and they're definitely less prominent. Now, what I'm looking at here, so at Directive, we built a free Slack group for demand gen marketers called Society. This isn't to make a plug. It's because I did that as a test and it has been awesome for us. It's one of the coolest things we've ever done. And we have so much fun giving back to people because Drift has this awesome thing that you get to harness, which is a freemium product, so that all your content marketing has built-in promotion because you have so many users. Does that kind of mm -hmm. make sense? Now, yeah, it does. I sell a very, I'd say, high-end to expensive, I don't want to use that word, but it frankly isn't cheap, consulting service, right? And so I don't have tons of clients. So I've always struggled to promote our content as easily as this. So if I was Pendo, I would really make community and my Slack group, what I got going on here, a way bigger focus because it creates insane scale without you having to go downstream. In other words, you can build a community for scale and still have a high AOV product. What's your take on community and, and like integrating that because – this looks awesome, but I haven't seen it. Like it's very much an afterthought in their current strategy. Yeah, I think I think at Drift community is incredibly important for us. Um, we have not gone down the Slack path. We built our own, like with it with Drift Insider, right? And so you can sign up for Insider and get all of this content um, from us for completely free. Um, and and we we want to be educating marketers and salespeople. Uh, you know, all day long. And so like, that's really important to us. So community is, is very, very paramount. Um, 
And so we highlight that a bunch. Um, but you know, in terms of the pendo side, like I'd really want to know kind of what's going on under there. Like, I agree with you. feels like an afterthought, but it can't be because they have their, this entire like other website, like domain dedicated to it. Um, no, it's very cool. Like product craft is, this looks sweet, right? Like, and they have content, I don't have content. I just have a Slack group. So you have a question, someone from my team answers it free of charge. Think about like, you know, how drift has expert services now. Yeah. It would be like to promote your expert services line, you would have a free Slack group. People could get answers. If they want too much, you just hit them up on a DM and say, hey, you know, if we want to do that, and it's like a gateway drug yeah. to your professional services, kind of how we use it. But theirs is more almost like this is where I get confused, right? Like what is it when you have content here, but then you also have content here? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does, but this is kind of what I worry about too. I mean, this is also why we we're in the process of bringing insider insider into uh, moving it from a sub domain to a sub folder um, because uh, it really pays off that much. And I think we 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 made a, a bit of an early mistake when we were building really quickly uh, and putting it there. But that's why we're in the process of doing that. Yeah, I you know look. Garrett, I don't know. You tell me on the the new domains, uh, separate domains piece. If I'm Pendo, I'm not putting that on productcraft.org. Zero percent chance. Zero percent chance I'm doing that. And then having people try to guess that they can like, because where's my free trial or product tour of Pendo that we loved over here, right? This amazing thing they did over here is now gone here. So the closest action I can get is subscribe. And I don't know if you know this, but in my opinion, the furthest thing from a trial is a subscription to a newsletter, at least in my world. So I want to close that gap a lot more in activating people digitally. So I'm not so codependent on like SDR outreach or hand raisers for my email. So that's more my point is like I'm disconnecting my community from my product and then diluting the whole point. Like I don't know how if I'm the chief revenue officer, I feel good allocating capital to my community when it's disconnected from my product. Yeah, true, uh, true. I, yeah, this whole thing kind of throws me for a, a loop, Garrett, to be honest, in terms of like, I, I'm gonna go build that into Pendo, not only because I think Product Craft would benefit from it, because like, you know, they've got the Pendo in a li- like smaller font there by Pendo, but like, I wanna know that like this community is hosted by product experts, the same product experts who built Pendo right? Like give me that brand equity, um, for product craft. And, and like, I want to know that there's a team behind this whole thing. Like, I want to know like exactly what's up here. A hundred percent. Now we got to close out. Kate. I think you and I could literally do this for, I don't even want to say hours, like weeks. So this is fun. So we're CMO, right? We've seen a lot. We haven't seen everything. It's only 30 minutes, but we're CMO. We've had 30 minutes. We're going to the board meeting. And we're going to say, these are the three new things we're going to do different. What are those three things for you, Kate? Uh, I love it. I think they're doing a ton of things right. If I'm going to change three things here, I'm moving productcraft into productcraft.com into pendo.io. Uh, yep. I am, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to bake in that value add on the product tour piece. Um, in terms of like, let me, let me get you to this wow moment, which is like, we can send amazing dashboards by email while you're sleeping so that all your data is ready for you in the morning. Let me show you what that looks like. Put your email here. Um, and then 
third piece. <laughs> uh, very good question. I, I, these guys are doing a ton, uh, right? Uh, this is a little nuance. The headline at the top. Uh, yep. Can you let me see that? Your product will change the future, but first it must adapt to the present. Feels a little old to me. Like I, I think there was like this adapting to the present messaging that you could do in March. April, May, June. I think like that's quickly gone, uh, gone by the wayside. Uh, and so I think you need like, you think you need something more like that's not like adapting to the present. Right. Mixed panels build better products. I think is probably more compelling if we're just going to be completely honest right now. And then a smarter approach to product, I think is also better. I think mixed panel has the best line here. Yeah. Um, now I love that. I think the thing I would do and I agree on all those things, by the way. I, I would I would do all the things you're saying. I think the last thing is you forgot, I think, what, what the easiest way to make Pendo money was and what you said here, which was when I click get a demo, oh, yeah. this it stinks. And so yeah, this one definitely, it has to go. Like this is actually the first thing I'm doing. Uh, yeah, 100%. The first thing we're doing is we're going to tell people exactly how one, like I think people make, here's what I'll say, to put, bottle this all up. And I'm going to get off of here real quick. So let me. We as marketers sell the wrong thing too often. We're obsessed with selling our product instead of selling our next step. In other words, we don't sell our demos. We sell our products. And the truth is we got to sell that demo. Like let's go all in on why this demo is going to change your life. Let's have some quotes from people who took the demo and how yeah. like, like I love doing this, like selling demos and hyping the demo up is so, so cool. Um, yeah, hundred okay, percent. I love that. We had one question. I would love to hear both your thoughts about their chatbot setup on their product page. Oh, I'm sorry, Max. Max works here. I would love to see it too. Let me see one sec. Let's go check it out and then we'll wrap up. Their chatbot setup on their product page. I'm going to share my screen again. Sorry. Let's just see that and we'll wrap Max up. is calling me out. See if I really know this conversational marketing. Yeah. All right, let's go to the product cloud or insights. We'll go on one page. So they're looking at, I'm looking at the insights product, okay? Product and journey analytics by user and account. Learn why customers engage, return, and succeed. I think that's great. And then, hey there, want to learn more about, ah, oh, that's a little lazy. Am I right or am I wrong? More about our solutions. Yeah, so I'll I'll say this because I think uh, more than likely whoever's running conversational marketing at Drift is like following, maybe following our best practice. Here's how I'd make that better. This depends on how important this page is to the company, right? So we it was the first one under product, so I think it's pretty important. I'm gonna yeah. go change this bot opener to be directly aligned to the page I'm on. That's um, awesome. Same thing. Yeah. 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 Like they don't have a hundred products. They got like six, right? Like yeah. let's have a custom chatbot solution for our six products or six use. My whole thing with chatbots is I think people have this tendency of using them to try to make more of their top of funnel, which I think is wise. But I think we forget the point that the quickest way for the chatbot to change your revenue is do better at the bottom. In other words, like when someone's exploring your product page or your use cases or your solutions, they they're a little closer They've, they've self-identified, right? They have a use case yeah. in their mind of what they're trying to solve. I want to activate them in that moment. Um, yeah. The first thing that, the first thing that you're going to do, which is also why it's the first thing of both of our recommendations on that demo request page from Pendo. The first thing you should always do is uh, optimize where the money is. And so money comes from, from two places when it comes to a web, uh, website for the most part, your demo request page, 
your trial or product tour page. And the third place is your pricing page. Three, three of those. Like, I don't think that you can spend enough time optimizing those pages. Like you can, you know, there's so much to be done. Well, that's what you said. You went got your MBA at Series A startups. There is nothing that'll motivate you to figure out how to get quick results at Series A startup, right? And being like, how do I change this number? What do I need? Time to is of the essence at the Series A. Yeah, my free MBA at, at those two. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Kate. Um, if anyone wants to follow along with your journey, uh, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, the team's got it here. And you can find me on Twitter uh, at kadams24. Um, I can't always say it. there'll be like juicy marketing knowledge on the Twitter, but there's a there you can find out where I'm having customer service challenges. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so let her, she'll let you know what she thinks about Delta and United. That's awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the show, Kate. And uh, that's a SaaS marketing makeover. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having me.